What up? What up? Welcome to the Continual Growth Podcast, where our goal is to help you create happiness through growth. And the way we do that is by every week bringing you the tips and tricks to help you kill every day and own your fucking life. I'm Bawanka. I'm your host. It's episode 102. Hey, you know we about to bring that hot fire. So today, I'm joined by a very special guest. You guys already know him. You guys already love him. We got Paul P back in the house. But um, today, we're going to switch it up a little. Last time he came on, he was on episode 86. Go back and listen to it. It was his, it was his growth journey. Today, he's bringing out the, the wealth, okay? So this is, this is going to be about... It's going to be about... Um, just financial literacy, because I know a lot of people don't have that. And some of the things about Paul is he's a financial advisor at RBC. Um, he has his CFP, Certified Financial Planner. He's also a gold winner. So amongst the top performers on his team, um, he's also the winner of the Volunteer of the Year Award at the Boys and Girls Club. And something that he's most proud of is being a winner of the Community Leadership Award. He works at RBC, and he's going to be schooling us today on financial planning. Paul P., how you doing? Yo, I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for having me again, and uh, it's an honor to be back. Thank you. Okay, okay. It's good to have you. It's good to have you on the show. Um, I know you're going to be dropping bars. For those of you that don't know, Paul has a podcast. It's called the Cash Rules Financial Podcast. Cash rules everything around me. Hey, and uh, yeah, I've been I've been listening to that like every episode that comes out comes out every Wednesday. I'm on it first thing on Wednesday, yeah. and it's just because like a lot of people don't talk about financial liter- literacy. We're gonna be talking about that a lot today about like how how most people are scared of it. Right. Um, but what would you say what would you say because you've been you've been in the financial industry for for 10 years now yeah. um, but what would you say is like the top three problems that that you see on a day-to-day basis uh, for sure yeah like you said I've been doing this for for a while now for a minute um, you know out of school I just started working at the bank right away and I just been progressing through the bank and it's been the same issue since I started and the, the biggest issue is people are afraid people are afraid to talk about money. You know, like, you know, like when you hear a kid and people say, "Oh, the three things you don't talk about: money, politics, religion." Mm. Like it's actually ridiculous. Like you should be talking about money all the time, right? Because no matter what you do, no matter what you take in school, no matter what your profession is, you can't avoid dealing with money. Like it's mm-hmm. literally unavoidable, right? I, and I feel like a lot of times people, everybody has a different reason, but a lot of people they they have a reason why they don't want to talk about money. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's like a backstory to to why it is. But I think, yeah, so to answer your question, um, the, the top three, the biggest one would be people are afraid um, to, you know, to talk about it or to look at it. And then, uh, you know, once they're, because they're afraid, they don't talk about it, they don't know anything about it, right? So they feel like uh, inferior, or, you know, like, you know, we don't know something, you kind of shy away from it. So that leads to that. So they're like, I don't know anything about it, so I'm just going to not even consider it. And, uh, you know, which then leads to more problems because now people are not financially literate. They start getting credit cards. They start getting these different loans and whatnot, and they get themselves into trouble. And now they're in a financial position where um, they can't get themselves out of it. And I think I said it to you earlier. It's like, it's like going to a doctor, right? If, you're, if you go to a doctor when you have stage four cancer, it's going to be very difficult to save your life, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were uh, proactive and went 
you know, to get checked up all the time and they caught it early, you have a better chance of survival. So that's why I'm my my whole mission is to preach to people to be not to be afraid and just mm. take the step. Like what's the worst that can happen? Okay, you yeah. don't know something, whatever, you learn. Right? Yeah. So I know you were talking about you were talking about starting the podcast for a long time. Right. And uh, what's the what's the main reason why you wanted to start the podcast? Well, amongst you guys bugging me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, no. I mean, I've been. I mean, I wasn't really like a podcast. I didn't. I never thought about starting a podcast. To be honest with you, until you guys started a podcast, and then you know, Bulldog started a podcast, and then you guys kept telling me, "Yo, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast." Because at the end of the day, like I give advice all day, every day, and. And, I, and it made sense to me, right? Once I, I started thinking about it, I'm like, yo, what's the best medium or the best way to get uh, mass information out to people, right? And there's so many podcasts out. I mean, there are all a lot of dope podcasts, you know, about different things, you know, that you can learn about. But I think there's a, a gap in terms of financial literacy and especially financial literacy in the way that we can understand it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people I think that's, I think right. that's, a, that's a huge part is a exactly. lot of times it's just, it's, it's a lot of big words right. that people just most people don't understand exactly like i sit like that's why i love my job because like literally like i come from a place where i had no idea what i didn't know anything about money there's like all of us right? i had no clue i'm self-taught so when i talk to these exec people you know these people i work with and they you know they've been in this industry for so long and all the jargon and all this stuff and I'm like i'm thinking I'm like yo how are you gonna talk to a regular person like this and see, you know start talking about monetary policy and you know you got a, your fiscal year and you mm-hmm. know say all these words that people have no idea what it means and i feel like i am i'm not sure I'm, I'm still trying to get better at it but i'm i'm pretty decent at taking those you know complex uh ideas of finance and just put it in more digestible digestible ways and more ways that can be relatable to people yeah. so that's why I started it, and I, I think that's I think that's really good because I know there is a lot of times like even back in the day like when I've gone to the bank when I was when I was a lot younger and people they do talk that way right, right and yeah. you're just like I don't understand you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to look stupid and be like I don't understand so yeah. you're just like okay I trust you yeah, you yeah. make the decision and, yeah. and we'll and we'll go from there uh-huh. so it's true because and today to this day whenever I sit in front of someone like I'm always looking them in the eye because I can tell when it's like that glazed look like. With, with, you know, like, but they don't want to say anything. But like, you can tell, like, they're just like glazed over. Like when you're in class and your professor's talking, and you're, like, you don't know a clue what they're talking about. But you're just like nodding your head. Mm-hmm. So I always like every like 15 ish minutes, if I'm having like I'm trying to explain something, maybe even less, I would always ask, "Does this make sense?" And I'm like, "Okay, can you explain it back to me?" Like I literally like put them on the spot. Like, "Okay, what did I just? Can you explain back what I just said?" And I'm like, "Uh, I'm like, okay, all right, cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Let me try it again, and I'll just try it again in a different way." So mm-hmm. I. Like I take pride in like people understanding. So I, a lot of times like, you know, you go somewhere and people and I guess I'm a I'm still a salesperson, right? I'm trying to get business at the end of the day. But I would never put someone in a position or have someone purchase a product from me without them having at least a, a minimum understanding of what they're doing. That's not being the weeds, but let's have an overview of what they're understanding. So I always ask, can you explain that back to me? And I think uh, that's a good way to see if someone has a, at least a grasp of what you discussed, right? So that's, yeah, you don't want someone just to sit there glazed over and not understanding what's going on. Okay, okay. So I know that's what, you, that's what you're doing in the podcast. Right. He breaks it down. He makes it very simple to, to understand. Right. You always, well, not always, but you usually have a, a guest on there who's yeah. just can kind of be like, all right, man, you're taking it way too far. Like, I don't understand that. Let's yeah. break it down a little bit more. So th- that's yeah. always good also. Um, but let's get back to, to the problems, right? right? So you said one of them was uh, like credit cards, things right. like that, and just not talking about money. Right. So 
what are some some other really big problems that you see? Um, well, I I mean the biggest, like I said, the biggest of all is lack of education, right? And I right now, like I think, um, another big thing right now is the fact that is is a lack of education in terms of like people didn't grow up with people teaching them about money and what and the schools didn't do that. But now you compound that with like how do I even explain this? Like overload of information, meaning that like you can literally like go online and find out anything about anything, right? Mm -hmm. So before, you know, back in my colleagues' days, I'm like one of the youngest in the team, but like when I talked to my colleagues, they actually was talking to one guy yesterday. He's like, you know, back in my day, like people come see me and they had no clue. Like they didn't know how to what a stock was or how to buy a stock or or you know, any of that stuff. But now everybody's an expert, mm -hmm. right? You can open up your phone and there's 20, 20 experts telling you, oh, Bitcoin or this or that or, you know, marijuana stocks or this. And even your cab driver, your Uber driver is giving you advice on financial, you know what I mean? Yeah. So now I think one of the biggest problems is trying to uh, curate or trying to just sift through all the information that you have available. Like you're swimming in information now. Mm -hmm. So it's very, so now the fact that we weren't taught, number one, and then you compound that with everybody's giving you this overload of information is coming at you. It makes it even more scary because you're like, yo, I don't know sh shit. Like, I don't know anything. But then, like, my, my, my Uber driver is telling me, yo, Bitcoin or, you know, or, or Mar this, uh, this marijuana stock or this or that. And now, like, you just, you know, like, you're overloaded with information. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the, the, like, the foundation to be able to, you know, go through, okay, this is bullshit. This is not good. Whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. So... That's one of like the biggest things right now that I'm facing is that I meet with people and they, and literally they already have an idea in their head of what they want to or what they think they want to do or what they think they know. Like I, I meet with a client, oh yeah, my dad told me RSPs suck. I'm not gonna do RSPs. I'm like, okay, tell me what RSPs are. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ah, I don't know something you put money in. I'm like, you don't know what RSP is. I mean, you come in here already made up your mind that this product sucks, right? Yeah. And that's probably if I had to break it down, yes, the biggest problem I'm facing right now is that too much information is coming at people who don't have a background to understand information. Okay, okay, okay. Um, all right, I like that. Um, so that's that's another one of the problems. But I know one of the things that you always talk about yeah. is the debt to income uh, ratio or how much debt people have. Right, right, right. I think you should I think you should touch on okay. that because it's especially in Toronto you said it's, it's yeah, yeah, something yeah. number that's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, sorry, my bad. I took you all over the place there. So like like so back to that, back to that. So what people don't understand is that, um, you know, debt is like the, one of the major problems in, in Canada right now, right? Uh, Ontario is the most indebted, non-sovereign nations in the world. It means like it's not, a, it's not a country, but we have one we have like the most debt for a non-country, right? We're a province of a mm -hmm. country, right? There's so much debt. Like, it's ridiculous, right? Um, and it comes to with the people, right? So the average is like this thing. So debt to income ratio. So it's pretty much measures what your income is. Um, versus your debt, mm -hmm. right? Your debt, right? So the, the number from Stats Canada is 1.7%, right? 1.7, right? So essentially, so 1.7. So it means 170%. So every dollar of income that average Canadian makes, they have a dollar and 70 cents in debt. That's ridiculous. That's, That's crazy, God, right? God That's average. Toronto's like 2.2 .2 or something, right? Two, mm -hmm. two, two, so, two, so every dollar a, a, a Torontonian makes, they have... Uh, over uh, $2 in debt that they have to pay for, right? So, mm -hmm. and then in Vancouver is about 2% as well. So, that's just to show that we're 
you know, we're, we're kind of like a, a consumerism. There's so much consumerism going on and everybody's mm-hmm. like trying to, you know, the whole keep it up with the Joneses and trying to look fresh and, you know, buying these, buying that, buying things you don't need. Like for me, I, I did it. We all do it, right? But end of the day, I think people just have to understand that what are you building? Like what, what what's important to you, right? Is, is, is your friend looking at your new pair of J's more important than you you know, being able to provide for your family in the future. You may be single now, but one day you might have kids. Mm-hmm. But if you're coming into a relationship with that, and it makes things just more difficult, right? Yeah. So a model that I use a lot, and it's my podcast, is live for today because I understand, man. I had a client, like I said before, worked all his life, saved all his life, retires like a year later, golf course, boom, heart attack, dies, right? So shit like that happens, right? So you got to live for today and enjoy today, but... You got to plan for tomorrow as well, mm-hmm. right? Because if tomorrow does happen and you live to 90 years old, what you going to do? Live in your parents' basement to your 90 years old, yeah. right? So, And we're and we're all hoping to, to be living for a long time. Right. So now this brings me to, to my next thing, okay? So what I've been learning, like, I, I've never been into, like, let me learn as much as I can about money, but I've always been into, like, what can I do right. to create a lot of money? So I've always been, I've been since... Since the beginning yeah. of time, since it's the beginning rig, of, that I could, days, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been, what can I do to, to help me generate more income, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like a lot of the times I, I'm able to generate more income. Mm-hmm. But what I've never done before until more recently when I started learning more about financial literacy is, mm-hmm. is working on what, what I call defense. Right. So working on keeping, keeping that money. Exactly. So I feel like a, in my past, it was all about offense, like just getting as much right. money as you can. But what I've learned over time is it doesn't matter how much money you get. If you don't know how to keep that money, you're, the money's just going to keep on keep on going out. All right, guys, just a quick reminder of our Hot Fire t-shirt giveaway contest. We'll be announcing the winners of the contest at the end of the year on episode 106. To enter the contest, all you need to do is take a screenshot of your favorite Continual Growth podcast episode and let us know why. Tag at Continual Growth. And use the hashtag HotFire, that's H-O-T-F-I-Y-A-H. Again, let us know what your favorite episode is and why. Good luck. Bring that hot fire. And let's get back to the show. 100%. Like, there's a, literally, like, a study that they've done. and said, like, if you gave, like, if you distributed all the wealth in the world, like, so, like, all the billionaires, whatever, whatever people have mad money, Bill Gates, whatever, you spread out to everybody evenly. In a matter of, like, 10 years, it's going to go... It's gonna be all the same again. It's gonna go right back to the same people who had it, because they understand how money works and they understand it, right? So, like you said, a penny saved literally is a penny earned, mm-hmm. right? And even even like even with you, like I've known you for my whole entire life, and whatever, four years after after school, you got into you got into banking right. and you learned everything about like keeping money. Right. You know, sometimes we would do stuff and people back, like, oh, it's cheap, <laughs> or it'll be like, but you back, like, nah, I'm frugal. And, <laughs> Personally, I didn't understand the difference between cheap and frugal before. Right. Now I understand right. frugal means like, and this is something that you always do. You just think about what it is that you're going to do before you before you buy it or before you get it. Right. You kind of like say like, is it like you just weigh out the odds. Right. And I think that's something that, that everybody needs to do. But I know it's not something that happens overnight. Exactly. I think it's, it's just like everything that we talk about with continual growth. You got to start small and you got to you got to start building on mm-hmm. it. But I do think that defense like yo defense wins games offense sells tickets defense wins games this is something our our high school coach used to tell us all the time and it i feel like it translates just the same way into money and if you're if you're able to to keep your money 
it doesn't like the more money you get the the better right. but if you know how to keep your money you're going to be good for good for the future like you were talking about 100% like and I keep going back to like stats and like just generic generic stuff but it's all true like literally it's what happens every single time when someone gets a raise you know what happens they get more expensive. They spend more money. Like, <laughs> literally. Like it's, like, it's like, it's ridiculous. Like, I was at a conference yesterday for, uh, like, a CFP symposium. Um, you know, they, they asked, like, the top CFPs to come to this symposium, which is cool. So, I was invited to that. But essentially, what it was is just, like, to, to learn about the industry. It was more about something called behavior economics. How people behave with money. Right? It's, like, there's rationale being rational. Like, being humans being rational. But when it comes to money and certain things, like religion, money, and other certain things rationality is not really there. Like, it's just people behave different. So, it's like a study called Behavior Economics that teaches you how people behave when it comes to money, the biases they have, how they were brought up, the different thoughts. So, yeah, just like when it comes to that, someone will make a little bit more money and then, like, you you think, like, they should just take that money because they're used to living a certain way and just save the difference, but nah, they just bump up their expenses and just mm-hmm. buy, buy a bigger house or bigger car or whatever yeah. it is, you know? So, yeah, like you said, defense Wins games, straight up. Hey, okay. So, um, like, I know you can't solve every problem right now. It's it's something that takes takes like you got to just keep stepping, 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 taking all these different steps. But what are some what are some things that people could start doing right now? Um, So thanks. That's a good question for real. Because I saw, like like I said, that's why I started a podcast is just to to break it down step by step. And my first couple episodes was exactly that. And I I always say, and I always preach this, right? you got to know where your money's going. Like, it's, there's no way around it, right? So, uh, I talk to you guys all the time about that. Like, you literally cannot, like, go, you know, be in the middle of an ocean and understand where you want to go. You have to know, like, where you are. Like, where am I right now? Mm-hmm. And then you can plot a journey to wherever it is you want to go. So, similar to, like, the, the growth growth journey, right? Yeah, yeah just you, you, with us, it's first right. thing you got to do is you got to come up with your goals so right. that you know where it is that you want to go. Exactly. And, and for us, it's similar, but you have to know where you are first. Like, mm-hmm. understand where you are. So what I always say to people is, okay, you can do it a couple ways, right? <clears throat> the easiest way is, like, if you use these apps, right? Like, like Mint.com and... What did you, you say? Mint, M-I-N-T, Mint. Okay. yeah. So uh, there's other uh, apps that helps you track your spending. So essentially, all, all you want to do is be able to see where all my spending is going. So for me, personally, this might not be advisable for everybody, but I do this. I wouldn't advise for everybody. I use my credit card for everything. And this is like something that's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to advise, but I, I'm pretty you're, disciplined. You're, you're advanced. Yeah, yeah, I'm advanced in the game, you know? <laughs> I'm out here. But um, I personally use my credit card for everything. The reason why is because there's an app on RBC. It's called Finance Tracker. And it add, it can actually go in there and customize and and, and, and um, track every single spending. So I go through my spending, and it tells me this is, this is entertainment. Like So, for example, I go to Tim Hortons. It'll be, say, it'll say restaurant. So what you do fresh first is just make sure everything is categorized correctly. So if I went to Tim Hortons and it said, oh, entertainment, I'm like, okay, change. Tim Hortons is not entertainment, it's restaurant. So once everything's like, you know, set up like that, it will literally track all your spending and then it has like a graph to show, okay, this month you spend this much in um, entertainment, the restaurants, whatever it is, and then it's easy for you to see it. The other way is the old school way is literally just track your spending like manually, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to spend cash and just track everything, but all is the same goal is to understand where you are. So would you say to like do it over like a, over a month, over yeah. a three months, over a week? Usually the longer you do it for it, the better, because then it gives you a real idea of what you're spending. But obviously, you know, we don't have that kind of patience as people. So we want to get things, you know, get things done. So I say a month is generally, uh, 
good enough, right? Boom, that, yo, that's a twenty-one. Yeah. Make that, yeah. make that a twenty-one. Track, 21. track your, there track you your spending every day. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good twenty-one. Track your spending every day, because then a month twenty-one will give you like the pretty much everything you spend, right? So if you have Netflix subscriptions, whatever it is, everything should come out within the month, and then you know, okay, this is what I have coming in, right? My income, my cash inflows, and this is what I have coming out, my cash outflows, and hopefully. Is a surplus, meaning there's like you have more money left at the end of the month than more money coming out. If you had an, a deficit, like a negative, then less money, then you gotta, you know, you gotta get real and just start making some real changes, right? That's like, it's, like if you wanna have a comfortable life and you do that and you notice you're negative, you gotta make a change right away. Like, and usually, like I said, I said in the podcast, is where you make cuts is, um, sorry, uh, discretionary spending, right? So there's something called discretionary or non discretionary. Non-discretionary is like, I, and I said in the podcast, is non-negotiable. So you have to pay these things, right? Mm-hmm. Like your rent, mortgage, car payments. Like the bank, you can't tell the bank, yo, I'm going to get you next month. Nah, that's, you got to pay that. Then it's discretionary spending. These are things you decide to spend on, like going out for drinks and going out for dinner, buying a new pair of J's and shoot, whatever it is, right? So these are discretionary. And generally, discretionary is where you can save a lot of money, start cutting. Like I'll go out less. I'll go out once a week instead of, Three times a week, whatever it is, right? So that's how I would say it. You have to start. That I call is the foundation. If you're building a condo, the, you spend the most time in the foundation, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what you got to do when you want to. If you want to be financially literate or you want to get yourself out of debt or whatever it is, you start with the foundation, understanding where your where your money's going, understand if you're a cash flow surplus or deficit, and then you can start making some changes, and then you set a budget. But that's even you gotta do the foundation before the budget, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes that uh, makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so basically, like everything, everything that I'm getting from you is like you gotta first thing you gotta you gotta know where you are. Right. You gotta start. You gotta start tracking tracking your shit. Right. That's a, that's that's a good twenty one right there. Right, right. And you're gonna know exactly where you are. Yeah. Um, the budget. I know you talk about that a lot on the podcast. Mm. So so we don't get to get into that right now. Um, what was the app that you said that they can use? Mint. Mint.com. M-I-N-T. Or, and what's the one that you use? Well, it's through a bank. So each bank probably has their own. Like Royal Bank, RBC has something called My Finance Tracker or something called um, Nomi. So, I mean, I don't want to plug. Our, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> so essentially, uh, go to your financial institution and ask them if they have a finance tracker app. Mm. And a finance tracker app is just a way for you to track your expenses, Right. And generally, it's easier if you use one form of payment, right? So if you use your debit card all the time or your credit card all the time, um, it'll just track all your spending and tell you where you're spending and how much you're spending wherever it is, right? So mm-hmm. then you know where you are. Okay. So where can people find you? Um, where can people yeah. find you? Well, I got my Instagram. You know what it is already, man. Do Reg Popo. <laughs> <laughs> you got to spell it. <laughs> Do Reg Popo. D U R A G. P-O-P-O, all one word, okay? So that's Durek Popo. That's my Instagram. I uh, also have the podcast, like you said, Cash Rules Financial Podcast. So you can literally Google it, Cash Rules Financial Podcast. Thanks to my boy, Jaffna from Jaffna, hey. hooking it up. I got hey. my, I'm on all the platforms. Shout out to the boy, Bulldog, because he helped me with it a lot as well. Bulldog was like my dog from the beginning. He helped me like edit it and all that stuff and showed me how to do it. So shout out to Bulldog. And yeah, it's go- we're going. We're at episode 11 uh, as of yesterday. You know, Wealth Wednesdays, baby. Come out every Wednesday in the morning, usually around 7 a.m. I try to put it out, but just check it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Wealth Wednesdays. Okay, so before we before we finish this up, what's one piece of advice 
that that you would give to people you know you can tie in a a, a popo talks to if you want <laughs> hit hit him with that remember at the uh, end yes 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 uh one piece of advice man there's so much i can say but i'll go back to the beginning man just don't be afraid and just start right so uh, i heard in your podcast actually i think it was jaff and i said it man just you just you just got to start right you just got to start and um people were afraid to start and then all that does it just gets you deeper and deeper and deeper and then at the point where you want to make a change you might not be might not be able to make a change so mm-hmm. all i'm going to say is just start and don't compare yourself to like whoever right cuz once you if you keep comparing yourself to people you're going to be like okay man i should be in this position i was talking to a colleague a friend of mine actually who played basketball with him in university and he literally is like oh I'm thinking about buying a house. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. That's great. Why? It's like, oh, because I'm, I'm 32 now. I feel like, you know, everybody's. I feel like I'm at a point where I should buy my buy a house. I'm like, and society, society's telling me I should buy a house. I'm like, listen, screw society. Like, do you want to buy a house? Are you in a position to buy a house? Are you financially able to buy a house? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna be buy a house and be house poor? Like, what is your situation? Forget what society or people are telling you to do. What is your situation and what should you do? And that's what people have to understand. It's all about you and what is best for you, not what society or your mom dad cousin is telling you so that's how i'm gonna end of that so remember though always remember man hey man makes the money money never makes the man hey okay okay poppy all right man. thanks a lot for coming on the on the podcast on the episode um teaching everybody about financial literacy i know we couldn't touch on everything right now but i highly 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 recommend that you guys check out his episodes start now start at episode number one because he you build off of every single episode you you build off of it and it's all about setting that setting that foundation just like with continual growth it doesn't happen overnight it's a process but we talk about owning your life this is about owning your finances yep So thanks a lot for coming on the episode. If you guys enjoyed this, make sure to share it with a friend, like, review, all of that. And until next Tuesday, kill every day and own your fucking life. Bless up!